Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. When were the... What school's up? Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. I'm Dan Weissman, WBEZ reporter, and this Curious City question is very, very timely because this is the week we file our income tax returns. This question comes from John Quinn. He lives in Logan Square, and he's got a kind of double-barreled observation. Even without a budget, Illinois is still collecting taxes. Yeah, right. Without a budget. You might remember, Illinois has not had a budget since last June. It is a really, really weird situation. And yet, the state is still collecting taxes. We are all filing them this week, unless you went early, whatever. So John's question is about our tax dollars. Where do those dollars go, and what, if anything, are they funding? After all, John's heard stories, social service agencies not getting paid. And with no state budget, he's got a sneaky question in the back of his mind. Why shouldn't we all just stop paying taxes? Uh So, funny thing, good place to start. Even though we've got no budget, we are actually spending billions of dollars more than we're taking in. Yeah, this is pretty confusing. And how we got here, I'm not going into that. But I can answer John's question by clearing up, one, what a state budget actually is, two, how we spend money without one and what we're spending it on, three, what we're totally not spending money on, which is a lot, and four, how Illinois manages to spend more money than it takes in, like how that works. That's all going to be good fun. And then we found this other thing that's less fun, but it is really, really interesting. So first, what is a state budget? Well, not having a budget is not the same as not having obligations or bills. It's like a household budget. Your budget is a plan to match your bills to your income. And if you have other adults in your household, you might fight about how to make that work. Like, does one of you take another job? Do you cancel your vacation? And if you have, I don't know, another like 10 million other adults in your state, then you elect people to have those fights for you. And the mechanics work like this. Every year, the legislature and the governor agree on appropriations, how much to spend on what this year. And an appropriation is a legal decision to spend money on something, and you add all the appropriations up, that's the budget. Except this year, our elected officials did not fight out those priorities. Lawrence Massal has an opinion about all this. He's president of the Civic Federation. That's a nonprofit funded by business leaders that looks at local and state budgets. This is about the worst way you could operate a government, right? You could basically say, instead of having a budget, we're just going to have it on autopilot. And on autopilot, we are spending billions more than we're taking in. The eventual tax increase and burden on the citizens is far greater than a reasonable budget that anyone could have proposed for the state of Illinois. In other words, this is going to be even more expensive later. So now, part two. How does Illinois spend money without a budget, and what is it spending it on? There's three puzzle pieces here. 
First, there's continuing appropriations. So say we borrowed hundreds of millions of dollars X number of years ago, which we did. And when we did that, we passed a law saying every year we'll make the payments on this thing. Payments into pension systems for state workers and teachers, continuing appropriation. That's one big chunk. Second, we did make one big appropriation, public schools. The legislature and the governor decided like, you know what? No budget, but yes, let's set aside money for schools. State money is a huge part of school budgets. The third chunk, the biggest, is money we're spending because federal courts say we have to. Over the years, public interest groups have used courts to make the state comply with federal laws, which can mean spending money. These arrangements are called consent decrees. The biggest one, by a lot, covers the state's contribution to Medicaid. And then, right after Medicaid, there's salaries for state workers. Courts say if state workers are showing up to work, they need to be paid. Our elected officials haven't actually laid them off, so state workers are getting paid. That's part two, how we can spend money without a budget and what we're spending. Now, part three, what we are not paying for at all. We're not paying the rent on offices for state workers. We're not paying the electric bills. We're not paying water bills. We run prisons, but we're not paying the people who provide the food. And then there are two big things we're not paying for. One is higher ed. So state universities, community colleges. Last year, Illinois spent a couple billion on that. This year, nothing so far. So Chicago State University sent layoff notices to everybody a few weeks ago. The other big chunk involves human services programs that are not tied up in one of those court cases, the consent decrees. State Senator Daniel Biss chairs the Human Services Committee. I went to his office in Skokie because he promised to show me what he called a sad little spreadsheet. It's not that little. This is just a list of organizations who are providing services with the state of Illinois and are not getting paid because, A, there's no appropriation, obviously, but, B, they're not covered by one of these consent decrees. So as you see, we're scrolling down. We're now on the third page, and we're only in the Cs, so center on Halstead. This spreadsheet is 25 pages long. There are hundreds of vendors. At this moment, there's no explanation of how they're going to get paid. Senator Biss's numbers show we're looking at about $1.5 billion of spending that is not happening for health and human services. So that's the money we're not spending because our elected officials have not made decisions. Now, part four, Illinois still spends more money than it's taking in. How does that even work? I talked with Leslie Munger, the state comptroller, and this is her job, managing the money that comes in and goes out. And obviously, she is falling farther and farther behind. A few weeks ago, she said the state's backlog of bills was $7.5 billion. So how does she decide what to pay today? First of all, you say, what do I absolutely have to pay? You have to pay your mortgage or you lose your house. Like those debt service payments. And actually, some of them are for more money than the state gets on a single day. So for a few days ahead of time, she holds payment on almost everything else, saving up cash to hit that big debt payment. And then there's those groups that get paid by court order, right? Sometimes they wait a long time for payment. So Munger encourages groups that are in financial trouble to call her. So then we go back to the back of the line somewhere. We pull them up to the front of the line, and we manage that on an ad hoc basis. I got a spreadsheet from her office, what she's spending, and almost every day she's cutting like a million dollars, two million dollars, half a million dollars of these checks. 
This is an everyday occurrence for her. And we're trying to run our state this way. It's really ridiculous. That is how we're spending money, even with no budget. And we've more or less answered John's question, but there's something else I found about what happens when you have no budget for this long. Earlier this year, something got added to the list of things we spend money on. It's a service called Family Case Management. And in January, lawyers figured out that it's funded by Medicaid. A few weeks later, Leslie Munger started cutting checks for it. So one place they do family case management is the Austin People's Action Center on the city's west side. And with that new trickle of money coming in, I I went there expecting a good news story. But this place is broken. Cynthia Williams started Austin People's Action Center 35 years ago, just her, one room in a church. By last June, she had 50 employees at three sites doing nutrition, social services, employment programs. And she has laid off at least half the staff and closed two of those three sites. But we still have those other buildings that still require, we got mortgages on, we got rent on, we got lights, we got water. That didn't go anywhere. Meanwhile, resources are still going away. Cynthia Williams shows me a space that used to host job training classes. The day before my visit, the state had come to take the equipment back. The computers, the desks, the file cabinets, the chairs, what they're going to use it for, I don't know. I asked the state agency what they were going to do with that stuff. They didn't give me any specifics. Williams still has some private dollars for job training. She showed me her eight students. They were working out math problems with pencil and paper. And her center's family case management program, the one the state started funding again, the one I came to see, has not come roaring back. It can't. With workers laid off, they lost touch with the clients. No clients means no services, no dollars. We have to start from scratch. Cynthia Williams spent 35 years building this agency up. It's effectively been dismantled, and it's in debt. She borrowed money to maintain a state-funded program that hasn't come back at all. We're now $97,000 in the hole. Could somebody have come and told us, stop the program? But elected officials didn't make a decision to stop the program. They didn't make any decision. And now, even if the political side of the state budget problem gets solved tomorrow, she's stuck. John Quinn, the guy who asked the question, came in and listened to all of this. Then I played him this last piece of tape from Cynthia Williams. I don't know the next step. And it's not a good feeling. It's no more fun. It's no, it's no more fun. You don't see the difference that you're supposed to make every day. The reason you get up every day. You don't see it no more. A few seconds later, she asked me to turn off the recorder. She was just overcome and she was weeping. Hmm. Yeah, what do you make of all this? It's really hard to hear. What does this make you think about paying your taxes? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, that makes me think that that's a relatively minor concern. Have I answered your question? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one victory. That's one thing to feel good about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... it's um, I always thought it was bad. It's sort of worse than I thought. No U.S. state has gone this long without a budget. 
there is no roadmap. A few days after John's visit, I talked with WBEZ's state politics reporter, Tony Arnold. He says, there is no way of knowing how long this will last. Reporting for this story came from me, Dan Weissman. Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been following their curiosity and have been committed to brewing beers for Chicago that are celebrated worldwide by beer critics and beer lovers alike. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best you drink. Next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Anybody need a vehicle sticker in line? Go to any DMV in Illinois, and you'll see lots of portraits of Secretary of State Jesse White. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven portraits of Jesse White in the Schaumburg DMV. This is kind of like, where's Waldo, but it's like all Waldos. The public demands an explanation, so we go to the man himself. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.